Welcome back to the Life in Digital podcast. This week, Sphere's CEO, Ed Steer, is joined by Peter Wallace, SVP of Sales at GumGum, to uncover how digital advertising technology is evolving and where the growth areas are for the industry in the years ahead. Peter goes into detail of how the combination of using creativity and contextualization in advertising can add value and reach the target audience without the need of using cookies. He shares how attention and attribution will evolve and become more significant over the next 12 months. We hope you will enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Life in Digital podcast. I'm joined today by Pete Wallace, SVP SVP Sales Amir at Gumgum. Pete, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thank you, Ed. Um, Yeah, good. good. This is my second in-person podcast. There we go. Life is back to normal. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we're getting there. Easter holidays, the kids aren't in school. Well, fortunately, my kids are too young, so uh, they're still in nursery, so hurrah, no, uh, no school terms for me. You've got school to look forward to. Yes. Um, yeah, so great, just to kick off, you just introduce yourself to us, if that's, uh, if that's possible. Yeah, of course. So, as you say, SVP of sales over at GumGum. Um, I've been working at the business for five and a half years now. Um, I was one of the fairly early employees for GumGum in, in Amir. Um, so, I was tasked with leading the sales team, um, and then since then we've grown the business um, into something more sort of significant across Europe through acquisition, through general growth in the UK market, and um, now in the position that I am today. Great stuff, and I'm sure that five and a half years has been quite the journey with lots of twists and turns, not least the last... Smooth sailing, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, not least the last years. Um, and it's an exciting time coming, we've, we've seen the acquisition, so I guess a good place to start, the Just Premium acquisition and integration, it'd be great to hear as much as you can share about them. Thoughts behind it, how it's going, yeah, what's going to come next. Um, so, Just Premium um, is the first acquisition that GumGum has ever made as a business. Um, you know, we've always been sort of working on our international strategy and how we grow the business um, exponentially over the years. Um, and actually, it was identified that an acquisition strategy would really accelerate that growth for us as a business. Um, so, Just Premium is a business that personally I've been aware of for years. Um, they've been present in, in Europe for, crikey, um, I can't remember how many years now, but 13, 14 years. Yeah, around, yeah. Um, and look, they've always delivered amazing creative solutions. Um, they've always had an amazing reputation for that creativity element, um, which, you know, as a business is something that we very much sort of pride ourselves on as well mm-hmm. as a legacy. Um, so it felt like a brilliant coming together of two businesses whereby you know, there were similarities in our ambitions around creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, GumGum has a level of tech that can start to enable that le- that creativity to take it to another level. And then also from a geographic standpoint, it immediately gave us scale across key European markets. So I think for both parties, it looked like, say, a perfect sort of coming together and marriage of businesses. And um, we're starting to see the combination of that now and the integration was actually completed formally um, a couple of weeks ago now and um, you know we're uh, continuing to sort of ride through the integration make sure everything's running smooth and delivering amazing service and the results to clients and that's a full tech integration that is a full tech integration um, you know ranging from pulling their delivery into our own SSP um, aligning um, creative platforms aligning teams aligning the sales structure there's a hell of a lot to consider when you're thinking about an integration of two businesses um, uh, it's been a first for me personally as well throughout my career. It's the first time I've gone through an integration, 
It's definitely an eye-opener. Um, it's been extremely challenging work, but extremely rewarding work, and I'm really happy with what's been done over the last six to seven months. Has it been what you expected when the when it was announced you, the integration was going to come? It's hard to imagine exactly what's going to be. How's it been versus what you expected it to be from the challenges and you know, the highs and the lows, I guess? Um, I think the challenges have come in different fashions. Um, the scale of the business um, creates challenges in itself. Mm -hmm. you know, we've gone from a team of 14, 15 people in the UK to a team of over 100 Europe. So mm -hmm. from a communication standpoint, that changes a lot. Um, from a mindset perspective for myself, that changes a lot. You know, all of a sudden, sort of, you know, it's not that I can be on top of every single thing going on in the business. Actually, there's a mindset change of, you know, you need to let go of some of these things and focus on other areas of the business. Um, and then just in terms of the process, um, was it how I imagined? Yes, I think to a degree. Um, but there's always things that sort of blindside and you're like, didn't think about that. Like, and there's always, there's always stuff that creeps in. Um, but it's, like I say, it's been feeling hugely rewarding as we've got to the end of that integration. Um, and we will continue to work on it. It's an evolutionary period. It's not sort of a done and dusted at that point of the integration. Um, so we'll continue to improve. We'll continue to sort of evolve that offering and make sure that it sort of gets better and better and better as we go along. Yeah, fine tune. And I guess there's been um, lots of work to do, so it's kept you <laughs> kept you the full schedule over the last six months. I imagine definitely kept me on my toes. Um, lots of new people to get to know. Lots mm -hmm. of new things to understand. Um, kids to still deal with at home. So you know, lots of juggling. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been good. Good, good. Um, it'd be great to hear about. Um, well, actually, just. To Precursed that a bit. It's been such an interesting few years for ad tech. I think it's been exciting to see kind of a post cookie world. It's been brilliant to see the reemergence of creativity in digital um, and um, yeah, and actually contextual. I mean, contextual as, a, as an area has been around for so long, but a real reemergence of creativity, contextualization has been some, some cool things happening. So it'd be good to hear about the gum gum vision and what your tech does, how it enables publishers, advertisers, you know, and everyone in between. Yeah, for sure. So just to sort of, I guess, cover off your first point around the industry, um, in my opinion, over the last sort of two years, three years, we are, we have been going through some of the biggest changes in the industry that we've ever seen. And that's continuing to happen. It's driven by a lot of things, to be honest. Um, whether that be privacy and compliance, mm -hmm. um, GDPR, of course, uh, browsers changing their policies with regards to cookie consent. Um, more recently, the sort of news coming out of Belgium around the TCF um, framework, whether that be uh, whether that is legal or not. Mm -hmm. um, so that is changing our, our approaches. The realization that actually we've been measuring the wrong things all this time. Um, I started in the digital industry circa. 14, 15 years ago, and we were mentioning click-through rate. Yeah, and attribution. And, yeah. and, and attribution, and um, you know, we were, there was an IAB summit uh, a few weeks ago, and sort of some conversation around the idea that the downfall of digital is arguably been the fact that it's been so measurable. And it's sort of, it's very contradictory to when we first started in the digital industry, and it was, the amazing thing about digital is that it's so measurable, but we've been measuring the wrong things. Now all of a sudden there's this realization that we need to change and adapt the way that we are looking at and understanding and measuring the performance of the digital. 
So that is another sort of factor that's creating a lot of change. May I ask you, are you noticing that from agencies? If you're talking to agencies when it comes to measurement, what, what are the conversations around, around measurement at, at the moment? It varies hugely. Um, attention is, of mm -hmm. course, a space which is picking up a lot yes, of momentum right now. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's been predominantly driven by the sell side for the last sort of two years. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot more adoption from the agency side, which I think is an extremely positive thing. Yeah. It means that they are able to apply across the entire media plan one set of measurement and understanding attention levels across a port or every single partner. The challenge you have in that space is that there's no standardization of attention. Yeah. Um, you know, do we need an industry body like the IAB to jump in and start talking about attention and create frameworks and and um, definitions of what attention is. Do we need an MRC accreditation or what is it that we need? Yeah. Um, because it's just, it's all over the place. There's no clear definition. You need, um, yeah, you need, you need the framework to fall back on to make it consistent. Exactly, exactly. But look, it is an area that's going to continue to get pushed on. Um, yeah. And I think attention will evolve a lot more over the next 12 months. And I think you'll see the agencies and the buy side start to adopt attention a lot more, which would be great. Yeah. Um, but look, there's also things like attribution models. Um, we've always talked about attribution models in the industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody has particularly nailed it. And I think there's still a lot of work to be done on those types of other measurements and attribution um, uh, technologies that people are trying to adopt. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be one of the big drivers in the industry, I think, over the next 12 months. Um, and then creativity. As you said, we're seeing a reemergence of creativity, which is amazing. Partially driven, I think, by this uh, this new understanding of what drives attention and what drives results. Yes. I think there's interconnection between the fact that nobody pays attention to a small, non-creative ad unit. People want to be engaged. People want to have... You know, creative needs to draw in the eyes. Um, otherwise, you don't get results. Mm -hmm. You're just cooking people and you're sort of driving false impressions of sort of what performance is. Um, so look, this kind of then ties back into where Gum Gum sits as a business. Mm -hmm. um, so whether this be through acquisition, whether this be through the development of our technology, we're really now left with three pillars of our tech. Yeah. So we have always been a contextual first business. Um, so we have a proprietary contextual intelligence platform called Verity. Yeah. Um, it uses a combination of technologies, um, which is predominantly natural language processing, understand what text is talking about. Is it positive? Is it neutral? Is it negative sentiment? Um, is the word um, crane? Is it talking about bird watching or is it talking about a building site? Yeah. So understanding the nuances of tech, text, sorry, and also audio. Um, and then we also combine that with image recognition, computer vision technology, to scan and understand the static images on a page, but also to scan and understand video. So all of a sudden we have this content level understanding of, of the web. Um, so, you know, whether you need us to scan and analyze text, video, audio, etc., etc., CTV, OTT, um, we are picking up contextual signals from everywhere and trying to give a human level understanding of the context of that content. Um, which it's incredibly powerful technology. My mind was wondering as to where else can that sort of tech be deployed, but yeah, yeah. complete side note, but yeah. Um, and do, do you take, take Geo, I'm guessing, into consideration as well, where, 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 where someone is? Um, so, predominantly Geo, yes, we can, yeah. and, um, and we can understand that. Um, you know, it's probably it's not as core a portion of what it is as somebody else. Yeah. 
But you know, there is a world where you start to think about context in new emerging platforms. Mm -hmm. So actually, what do, what, what do we do with the metaverse? What do we do with in-game? What do we do with digital out of home, potentially, at some point? You know, if you're in an Uber, is there something that we need to do where we pick up contextual signals based on geography or based on sort of real world sort of context? Yeah. You know, context as a, as a general sort of category can be a hell of a lot broader than what people consider it to be today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now, yes, it's, it's CTV, it's OTT, it's text, it's imagery, it's, you know, it's all of the core platforms, but we want to see context living and breathing in amongst every media channel. Um, we see it as a scalable, compliant, you know, non-intrusive targeting methodology um, that the industry can really stand on to, to keep moving forward as, uh, as you know, we, we talk a lot more about privacy first. Yeah, um, and it feels central. Like, relevance is so important, isn't it? Contextual yeah. relevance. It's like in life when you have an experience which is very out of sync with what you're doing and how you're feeling, it feels like, and it's a joke, whereas if you have natural experiences, it just, you know, it, it, Feels better. Exactly. And yeah, a lot of what we talk about is around micro moments. Yeah. Um, if you think about the way that people consume content, what I consumed 30 days ago isn't necessarily something that I'm interested in today. Mm -hmm. Something I consumed three hours ago, I'm probably not interested in anymore. Um, so this idea of delivering something that is relevant in that moment yeah. is going to create a much more pertinent ad experience to that user than thinking about what their browsing habits were over the last 30 days and go, right, I'm profiling that person as X because it's no longer relevant. Yeah, time of day must come into that hugely. What I'm thinking about my community is very different to what I'm thinking about, you know, yeah, my, okay. my lunch break. Absolutely. Um, but also, you know, the device that you're consuming at that time is going to be very different. Mm. Um, you know, you're going to be on your desktop or your mobile. Mm. Um, the type of content that you're reading at that time you know, maybe when you're coming in in the morning, actually you're thinking about your work day or yeah. maybe you think about the weekend because it's Friday yeah. and what we'll see is you're consuming things that you want to do with your kids that weekend. Yeah. Um, therefore, let's deliver something which is more of a family person message than on a Monday where you know, maybe we want to give you something about meditation and sort of <laughs> yeah. getting harmonized with the world as you uh, get the Monday blues. Yeah, 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 yeah. very true, very true. Um, so the with, with the gum gum piece, um, you've always had that that, 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 that heavy emphasis on, 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 on context and semantics. Um, and then having JP in the platform gives you yep. additional creative edge from a delivery point of view. Absolutely. Um, so it's the introduction of new levels of creativity for us as a business. Mm -hmm. um, that ranges from formats, um, mm -hmm. you know, access to things like desktop skins, mobile scrollers, mobile skins, etc., etc. Big standout attention grabbing formats um, and also the creativity elements that sit within that you know do you want gamification within that do you want to make it shoppable do you want there to be a chatbot within that format you know all of a sudden we have access to these types of capabilities um, which is amazing so you know being able to deliver a contextually relevant message um, yeah. within a creative experience like that we know it drives better performance um, we did a study in partnership with Publicis last year um, that looked at the attention levels given to an IAB format, a high impact digital format, and then a high impact digital format within a contextually relevant environment. Mm -hmm. As you can probably understand, because I don't imagine anybody remembers the last sort of 300 by 250 that they saw in the wild was nobody pays attention to yeah. it. Like for me, it's wasted cash in many instances. Um, second of all, high impact digital format, 
people pay a lot of attention to them, they stand out, they draw the eyes in. And then third of all, you put the contextual overlay on that. And the interesting thing was that it doesn't drive incremental attention, but it drives significantly incremental recall. So there's a job of creativity to draw the eyes in of that user. And then there's the job of context to deliver a message which is pertinent to that user at that moment in time. So they're actually, it's active attention. It's not just attention that's being drawn in because of this, the formats of a size. Um, the way that I always sort of uh, talk about this um, is that it's, it's a bit like if you're on a dating site. Let's just take mm -hmm. Tinder as an example. You know, you probably swipe left or right based on the way that something looks. Yeah. Somebody looks. Um, you know, if somebody looks good, you swipe to the right. If somebody doesn't look so good, then you swipe to the left. Um, so, you know, they're drawing in your eye. But then you don't create a relationship if you don't have anything in common. There's no yeah. commonality between the conversation. You go, actually, not interested in that. Let's move on to the next you thing. You need substance. Exactly. Um, so, same as here within the advertising, within the media industry, right? So, if I can deliver an eye-catching format, but that message isn't relevant to that user, they might look at it, but they're going to go, right, on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. But actually, if I drive that pertinent, sort of relevant message and conversation with that user, I'm going to develop a longer-term relationship that's going to hopefully blossom into something wonderful. Yes. And a, a sale. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Very cool. That, 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 makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. And in terms of challenges um, for digital advertisers, um, you know, digital advertising, advertising in general, what, what do you think the challenges have been? You know, privacy has also been a huge, a huge factor over the post GDPR, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what do you think of the challenges facing advertisers in, in, in the current climate? Yeah, I mean, we, 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 I've touched upon this a little bit. Um, privacy is, of course, one, and there's a wholesale change of the way that people need to operate as a result. Yeah. Whether that be from targeting, whether that be from platforms that they interact and operate with. Um, and I. It's an area that's going to continue to evolve, and there's different challenges that are brought up by that are brought up by different bodies as a result of that. Um, you know, we saw Google who have been trying to create their own sort of methodologies around a post cookie era, and so they talked about sort of flock cohorts and uh, yeah. things like this. Um, we've seen Apple have backlash within with regards to that. We've seen Facebook looking and sort of you've got all these walled gardens trying to do their own thing. Um, a lot, of, a lot of it's been quite self-serving for that platform, um, trying to cut a lot of people out of the, 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 the equation. Yeah, they're fixing um, the problem for themselves, but exactly. not, not, not any more. Exactly. Um, whereas, for me, um, you know, I'm no martyr or saint, but sort of this idea of sort of privacy compliance and sort of privacy first, it should be about the user, and it yes. should be about creating a better experience for the user. And it shouldn't be a self-serving situation for a walled garden. Um, and, and that for me is one of the big things that we need to look at and address as an industry. Um, but in the face of everything that's been going on with the walled gardens, um, Contextual has always stood firm. Um, yeah, absolutely. It is always privacy compliant and it will continue to be privacy compliant. Um, so I feel good about that as a solution and it does put the user first. It's not trying to sort of work around the edges of privacy compliance. Actually, it's working within the guidelines of privacy legislation, um, which is how I think we should all be trying to operate. I know that a huge amount of hard work has gone into um, growing GovGuard. Have you noticed there be a natural interest in contextual increase over that last kind of, I'd say, three, three years just from a, you know, yeah, interest from the buy side. Yeah, 100%. Um, and 
That's great. The space is growing hugely mm-hmm. um, and it will continue to do so. As I say, it's a scalable solution. Um, everybody knows it's privacy compliant. Um, one of the wonderful things is that actually it's also quite easy to understand. Yeah. Quite easy to translate into something which is actionable, um, which is good. Um, I think the there was maybe sort of, you know, as we were building into sort of the death of the cookie and now it's obviously been delayed by a long while. Yeah. Um, I think that there was sort of, you know, people were really gearing up for what they were going to do when that moment sort of hit the cookie's gone. What are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, where, and I think that we'll see that again over the next sort of 12, 18 months where people try and sort of work out their strategy and I think they'll continue to evolve towards... A bit like with the GDPR role now? Yeah. It's, it's, we're always given these deadlines and it's sort of you innately always wait till the last minute to, uh, to, to solve what you're going to do yeah um, but um, I think that we've sort of learned hopefully as an industry that there is an easy route which is contextual um, there of course are other ways and I think, you know, I think that there will be adoption of other routes and sort of first party data is of course an area that's spoken about a lot yeah data, data clean very important data clean rooms are yeah. also big buzzwords at the moment absolutely um and some amazing solutions that are going on some amazing technology um but i'm of the fundamental belief that contextual will sort of be the standard bearer for privacy forward um targeting solutions um i think one of the big challenges that exist within that is that everybody is now trying to develop and bring a contextual solution to market and there needs to be education in market of what one contextual solution does and delivers versus another, mm-hmm. and there needs to be standards in around this sort of space. Um, you know, we're MRC accredited for content level verification. Yeah. Um, the only business outside of YouTube to, to have that verification, so we're extremely proud of it, and we think it rubber stamps yes, the, great. the quality of our tech. Um, but we know not everybody's going to be or should necessarily be MRC accredited. Um, we would like there to be a standardization or a standard uh, accreditation created more broadly for the industry to certify contextual solutions though because you know you've got a lot of people that claim technology and accuracy of their solutions but the reality is you can't create a contextual solution overnight it takes a lot of time around machine learning and um, and developing the accuracy of the tech and the breadth of the tech to be able to actually deliver something which is is suitable and is uh, is valuable in market yeah and deployed in real time exactly really insane about how much is yeah. to work from a technology point of view to, to get the context right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this has actually came up on, offline, but prior to the um, session we spoke about the mindset matrix. Could you tell people a bit about that and how, sorry to ask two questions, but yeah, what that is and, and how it can kind of benefit advertisers? Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I, I've alluded to a few of the important things in the industry. So privacy first, privacy, first, privacy forward. Um, we've talked a little bit about creativity and um, mm. we've talked a little bit about attention. So independently, I would argue that those three things are probably the most important elements of the industry as we are moving forward today. Yeah. The mindset matrix is the culmination of those three elements and delivering it within a framework that yeah. becomes actionable to sort of intertwine this idea of targeting solutions in the post-cookie era with a creative solution, just premium acquisition, and then, of course, measurement, optimization, and understanding through attention. So, um, you know, for me, it starts to deliver a framework which is, you know, is set up for the future. You know, if I think about privacy forward, we're always going to be compliant. If I talk about creativity, 
we want to deliver better creative, we want to deliver better user experiences for, for our consumers. And then lastly, attention. Attention could be this sort of ubiquitous measurement platform across every single media channel. Um, we touched upon OTT, CTV earlier. We talked a little bit about in-game and the metaverse. Yeah, some cool um, things that emerge. Exactly. Um, that people can engage. But you could apply attention-based measurement across all of those platforms. Mm-hmm. So actually, all of a sudden, you have sort of you know quite a, a, a robust model for understanding the benefit of each of those. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to do a bit of comparison and optimize towards your media channels, not just based on sort of individual partners on a single plan um, for digital and then separately for out of home, separately for TV, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so they become convergent. Exactly. Um, but that's what the mindset matrix is really looking to bring together. It's those three core elements in that framework um, and an application of our technology as a sort of whole yeah. to, to deliver on that. And there are there is not a business in market today that I feel outside of GumGum that could confidently say in market that they deliver those three across, three across, across everything. Um, within a unified offering, within a unified tech stack. Yeah, so lots of opportunity. Lots of opportunity. Do you notice the, I don't know if this is accurate or not, do you notice what you talk to customers about varies across those markets? Now you've got the, the European piece as an example, they're different, yeah. I'm sure there are different things, different countries, what are they? I think the UK has been one of the early adopters for a lot of things recently. Yeah. Um, in recent years, and you know, we've always talked about being 12 months behind the US, and um, I don't think that's true to say anymore. We um, see a lot of that's at the moment actually from a hiring point of view where as an example fine cast was incubated in the UK from mm-hmm. CTV point of view that's exploded here. Yeah. As, yeah, as, as, as just one example. Um, so it, but now I've got more exposure across Europe, I can see that actually the UK's ahead of most markets today. We talk about privacy, we talk about contextual, we talk about creativity, we talk about attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I think depending on which market you go to, there are different levels of knowledge and application of those things. Yeah. Um, and that, this includes the US in this conversation. Um, you know, they are still learning about attention. It's not sort of such a wholesale application in the US today. Um, but we can start to see this sort of, uh, you know, the early shoots of that conversation happening and it's really, really exciting. Um, so it's understanding the local nuances of each market we, we operate within and yeah. um, making sure that we deliver a message which is, is, is important for that at the, that very moment in time. But at the same time, we need to educate and we need to make sure the clients do understand that, yes, we can still talk about click-through rate, we can talk about these sort of legacy metrics, um, but really what we should be working towards is something different. Um, yes, we can still deliver you know, creative messages in a certain way, but we should be thinking about creativity in a lot more of a deeper way, and it should be taking up a lot more of our planning process. Mm-hmm. Um, same with contextual, you know, how are we planning towards this future? And we need to adapt and evolve, um, like I say, based on each market and make sure that sort of that resonates with our, with our clients. Yeah, totally. And on, on to creativity, um, with the JP acquisition, what, what kind of formats have you seen? What are the cool, the cool things creatively you think uh, are happening across, you know, again, within the Gumbo business and outside of it, across, across digital advertising? What are the yeah, cool formats and yeah. campaigns you've seen? Um, so, look, we've done some amazing work with sort of, you know, again, things like chatbots, things like uh, gamification of ads, um, which is amazing. Um, the things that I get really excited about are emerging platforms though. So, you know, we talk about OTT a lot yeah. as a business today because we have a very unique standpoint from architectural um, understanding of that. Um, but, you know, do we still have those sort of put the kettle on moments with OTT that, or sort of 
go to the toilet. We used to talk about sort of, you know, yeah. all right, going, going like when the, uh, when the ads come on, you leave the room and you go and put the kettle on or you go to the loo. Um, actually, how can we create an experience within the OTT environment um, that drives levels of attention um, that otherwise a 30-second TVC doesn't deliver on. Yes. So we're working on sort of creative executions that align with video content mm-hmm. so we can deliver sort of a message at a pertinent moment within that video Yeah. Um, that isn't intrusive, um, but it also doesn't sort of disrupt the user viewing habits. So, you know, it isn't a 30-second break. Actually, it's a creative execution that sort of sympathetically is delivered within the content itself. Yeah, I always think that within in-game there's such an amazing opportunity to do that because... In game in particular, you, know, you expect to see advertising in, in, in you know, largely in sport where we've been yeah. playing. So yeah, and we, we we're seeing a huge growth in the in, in the interest in in game, um, and I think that will continue. Um, super interesting space. Mm-hmm. Um, again, one of the big challenges: measurement. Nobody wants to click out of a in game experience and uh, go and buy something. You know, it's a it's a hoarding whilst you're on the uh, side of the football pitch whilst you're sort of playing. Uh, Whatever football game you're interested yeah, in. Yeah, this is not the rules of action. Exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so actually, how do you start to understand and measure the value of in-game um, exposure versus sort of, you know, a traditional digital ad where sort of historically somebody would have gone, how many clicks did that deliver? So really, really interesting spaces. Um, love the emerging platforms. I think we're going to come into a little bit, bit of a period where everybody's trying to work out how to monetize the new platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, the metaverse, amazing. Um, you know, everyone... Do you understand it? We bought an Oculus just before <laughs> Christmas, and I mean, it blows my mind to be honest. Like, it's sort of, I still they're amazing, aren't they? It's nuts. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely do believe it is a space that will grow hugely. Um, sure, okay. I mean, I'm slightly depressed to say that because I also you know, like real world engagement. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, there will come a time where we need to start to work out how we monetize that, how it becomes, uh, you know how it becomes important for advertisers and how we deal with that space. Um, it is going to grow and it's going to be hugely exciting um, in its current in- A big thank you to Peter and Ed for this week's episode. If you want to find out more about the work Gum Gum are doing, we will share a link to their website in our show notes and via our website. We will hope you will join us next month for another episode of Life in Digital.